Now that we're here, the party can start. This is Black Streak Entertainment Podcast, a podcast where black culture and anime collide. I'm Terry O'Ramey. I'm Justin Ramey. And you know, we're here to chop it up about anime, about culture. And uh, you know, speaking of culture, you know, P. Diddy, he, he has a lot going on right now. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's great things. Yeah. Uh, great, great things. Very, very believable things. Yeah. <laughs> now, these are allegations, of course, but I believe them. He, he did that stuff. Yeah. But uh, we bring P. Diddy up to bring up the fact that we went to Revolt World, which, of course, is his festival. Yes. This was in September. Yeah, 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 that's what it was. In September, and man, when I tell you, when I tell you that <laughs> these allegations are completely believable about him, I see that reflected in the way that this whole festival was promoted and the way that it actually uh, played out. Yeah. <laughs> the, actually, the real, the real, the realistic, uh, uh, the, 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 the reality, the reality, reality of it, of, yeah, of the re- it coming out, it's, the reality. Okay, of if you want to know what Revolt World is, it was like it was supposed to be in like a networking convention. Yeah, for creatives in the entertainment industry. Yeah, to network with each other. Yeah, mostly mostly black people. Yeah, that's how it was marketed. Yes. Now, how it actually the reality of it was this. All right, so first of all, it starts with me getting a notification an hour before the event started an hour before it started i got a notification on the app that i downloaded for revolt world saying parking was limited so ride share all right this is an hour before the event so i'm looking at this like okay well it's a first of all it's a good thing i downloaded this app because if i didn't i would and i drove down there in my car we'd be out of luck yeah so, um, yeah, what everybody else did who didn't have the app and didn't get that memo, I don't know. But th- that was the first red flag for me. Yeah. So we they, get there. They they didn't have they didn't have their parking situation even like you know set in stone before the event. No. Like this is this is a day of the event. They yeah, didn't even have the parking situation set. They definitely messaged the people like when way they before the tickets, it's maybe. not it's not like we had a week for week to prepare for this thing this was like no. months yeah I, I they announced it in july and how much were the tickets we'll get to that later <laughs> I, we'll, after we tell our story we'll get to that so we get there we got an uber we get there and you know it's again i'm gonna i'm gonna repeat they marketed this as an event for creatives and, and business professionals to network, <laughs> right? So we get there with our backpacks and our bags. We got, you know, our our, our portfolio, our, our laptops, and, you know, everything we need to network with the people we have meetings with. <laughs> First of all, I start noticing as we get to the front gate that people are turning around and leaving. So I'm like, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, that's kind of weird. Why are people going back towards the, the entrance from the, from the security section? Yeah. <laughs> so we get there, and the security guard says, hey, man, you can't take those bags in. And, and, I, 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 huh? and, and it, 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 not like, I was starting to get pissed off. I'm like, really? Because there's no convention. That I've, I've been to many conventions. There's no convention that says you can't bring bags in. Yeah. And I, I was like, what do you mean, man? We got all of our stuff. This is a networking event. You know, I don't know what you have in that bag. You could have, this is what he said. You could have a gun. You could have whatever. I'm like, then check it. Yeah, it's like, that's <laughs> why there's bag check. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is your job. You're secure. You're top flight security. Yeah. You're supposed to be checking the bags. There, you, you got to go through a metal detector and there's like, you know, there's security. You got to go through that. It's like, I thought that was what it was for. He's like, you check the bag. Right. And we'll get to why. They didn't want you to bring bags in in a bit, so keep keep that in mind. Yeah, and another thing is like we had to like there's a gate before you get to that gate where the guy tells you that you can't use your bag. I mean, you can't bring your bag in. Like before you get to that point, you had to have your ticket ready. Right at a gate. Yeah, yeah that's right. At a yeah. gate, like you know, five hundred feet away from the security uh, place. So and no one at that no gate said, said no. you can't bring that bag in. No. So there's no there was no communication, no communication with the no staff at this event whatsoever. 
All right, so we had to get another Uber, go all the way back to our Airbnb, and then come back uh, to the event after we, you know, dropped off all of our stuff. And we had to bring as much of our, you know, our demo reels and everything as much as we could with us on our phone, which, you know, limits how much we can actually show people that we're meeting with. So <laughs> we get inside and, um, you know, we have our first couple of meetings. They went fine. But um, the whole event, the way it was set up, it took place at a, on a, on a, at a movie studio in Atlanta. So there were different sound stages for different events that were going on at this festival, at the Revolt World Festival. We get to our sound stage, and I'm overhearing on the on the radios that the uh, event coordinators had that they're having problems getting the VIP members who were supposed to be meeting with us, who we had meetings with, through the gate because top flight security wouldn't let the VIPs in with their bags. Yeah. The professionals. Yeah. Again, no no communication. <laughs> no communication. It was so, ridiculous. So the professionals were late for all the meetings that we had scheduled with them, which would set things back even further. And it, that was a mess in itself. But let let me get to the to the to the five star uh, cuisine accommodations that they had at this event. So it was all who went, it was me, Justin, and my wife, right? My wife wanted something to drink because uh, it, was, it was hot out there. It was like in the 80s outside. It was a hot day. And it's mostly outside. Yeah, it was mostly outside. There are a lot of people just packed together um, on the lot. So <laughs> I overheard this dude ask a girl who had a drink in her hand, you know, hey, what are you drinking? And she said, uh, I'm drinking lemonade. And he said, oh, for real? How much did that cost? She said $10. And this dude said, $10? What the heck? Are you kidding me for some lemonade? Yeah, it better be some gourmet lemonade. So we get in line. There are like probably three food trucks at this event, right? Only three food trucks. All of them were selling fried fish and fried chicken plates. Yeah, and fries, fri fried fries. It's just like like just fries, just fr fried everything. Like Negroes don't like to eat, you know, vegetables or you know anything baked. Yeah, not nothing fresh, fresh. It was nothing just fresh. It was just easy fried, just you know that's kind of stuff. So my wife is like, okay, I'm not eating any of this, but I would like to get a drink. First of all, all they had to drink at this event was beer, some. Five dollar water, just a regular regular water bottle, and the lemonade, the lemonade, quote unquote. Yeah, that's all they had. Like you know, black folks, we don't like to drink smoothies or anything or tea. Or... And they and they yeah, and they and they try they try to trick us with the lemonade. It was like okay, yeah, it, yeah. it's blue, well, uh, yeah. it's blue, it's, it's blue, it's, uh, it's special, it's, it's red. Yeah, so <laughs> we get in line, we get to the front of the line. There's one other person in front of us, and. I see the table skirt at their booth fly up from the wind hitting it. And behind the table skirt, I see cans of country time lemonade uh, powder just stacked up. I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, that's ridiculous. So I, 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 bumped, my, I bumped my wife. I said, hey, look, that's, there's, your, there's your $10 lemonade. And she said, let's go. <laughs> we, we're getting out of this line. I, I, we, we ain't, no. Ten dollars for some for some Kool Aid, basically. Yes, but that ain't there. There's more. Yeah, it's better. We have another meeting, and we leave that sound stage. Justin bumps me and says, "Hey, you know what? There, that that's where your water's coming from for your lemonade." Yep, there was like a hose connected uh, to the sound stage. To the sound stage, the water spigot, and and you and you follow it with your eyes. It goes straight to the back of that lemonade stand, and that's where the water's coming from. <laughs> You're just <laughs> sucking on a hose for ten dollars. That's all it was. A hose water Kool Aid for ten dollars. It's ridiculous. It was the most hood project nonsense I'd ever seen. Yeah, that was just crazy. Ten dollars. Ten dollars. That's like uh, that's such a big profit. I know. I know they're in there to make money, but they're just ripping people off My at that goodness. point. That is just not cool. And that 
That's just part one. Yeah, that's just part one. Part, we're, part we're two, have part part two. two will be later on the, on the next episode. Yeah, so. another episode. We're going to have part two, so make sure you stay tuned for the Revolt World uh, adventures. Yeah. I'll, I'll close with this for part one. I heard one girl sum it up perfectly when she was on the phone with her friend walking by me. She said, P. Diddy is too rich for this event to be this damn ghetto. Yeah. And that, that summed up the day perfectly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I part, could have said it better myself. Yeah, exactly. Part two, we're going to go by how much this thing costs. That's why it made me so angry. Yes. And uh, the rest of it. So uh, stay, stay tuned for the next episode. Yeah, more stories with top flight security at Revolt World. Okay. So we're going to, so we're going to take a little break and then we're going to come back with some anime, uh, our anime topic for, for this week. And we're back on the Black Streak Entertainment Podcast, where black culture and anime collide. And uh, we're going to get into our anime topic. All right. So before we get into our topic of our our anime topic, I'm going to go over an anime that I've been watching recently. Um, It's this anime that came out uh, in 2023 this year. Um, It's called... The Family Circumstances of the Irregular Witch. Now, I don't know know if anybody's watching this. It's not popular, but it's a comedy. Um, You could call it a comedy. It it tries to be funny. It's it's a guilty pleasure for me because it's not that funny. (laughs) But what what makes her irregular? Because she's she's a human. They they have... Okay, so the story is um, there's this witch that finds a human in the forest and she raises her. Uh-huh. And that that's pretty much it. And then and then it's just a slice of life with uh with the human witch um just just trying to is just trying to be funny. I do laugh a little bit sometimes, but a lot of the jokes don't land, but which just kind of makes it funny. But um the uh, the the thing about it is it's so weird. Okay, so they they have the dyna- that the dynamic of the mom and the daughter. So the the mom is like she looks like a little girl, but she's like two hundred years old. And uh, the so dog. Wait, wait. So is the is the white girl the witch? The mom? yeah, yeah. The the white girl is the witch. Is the mom? Cause oh, because this is part okay. of the joke. So okay. the white girl is the witch. Is the mom, and, and there's like a a black character. Uh, well, black. They don't they don't specify, but she has she has she has dark skin for dark an anime skin. character. Yeah. And um, but but the thing is, she's supposed to be as clear, and they say it. She's supposed to be seventeen years old. But she looks like an adult, and she sounds yes, and she sounds like an adult. They draw her just like an adult, and I'm like, what? (laughs) That makes no. I don't know if they're. I don't know if that's the joke. Is that that she looks like a straight up adult? And but here's the thing: she looks like and she sounds like an adult, but she acts like she's five years old. It's so weird. It's confusing. It's very confusing. <laughs> I'm like, what? Her age, her age doesn't match how she acts or how she sounds or how she looks. And it is, but, but um, if if you just if it's a relaxing show to watch, uh, it, it's good. I I like it. It's a guilty pleasure. I I I wouldn't recommend it to anybody because they'd probably be like, what is this? <laughs> but <laughs> but it it, it is. I, I'm gonna watch the whole thing. Um, but there's this funny thing about the show where uh. She like um, the the mom has friends that she grew up with, and they're like regular characters in the show. They're like uh, the the daughter calls calls her um, her aunties or whatever, mm-hmm. and uh, they they had an episode about familiars. You know what a familiar is? A familiar? No. It's like it's like when witches have cats or crows. Oh, oh that's okay. what a familiar All is. Right. And the 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 daughter, Vi- I think her name is Violetta. She 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 wants to get a a familiar so so she summons a phoenix and the the phoenix the phoenix looks like a kid drew it <laughs> and it has a really deep voice when it talks but the beak doesn't move <laughs> when, when it talks and, and the phoenix is a regular character in the show and, and i think the phoenix is funny uh but but anyway back to the familiars and the aunties or whatever um they they explain what what the aunties aunties familiars are one of them is familiar as the snake, and the other one is a very funny joke. That the other, the other uh, witch, the other witch, her familiars are three, are three gimp men. <laughs> yeah, like you know, like the gimp in uh, like, uh in Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction yeah. yeah, so like it, what the S and M stuff. Yeah, with S and M stuff. It's it's very funny, and and the the mom keeps 
tries tries to keep those those men away away from the daughter. It's it's a, it's a funny joke. That's a very clever joke that I like. But anyway, the 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 title of the show is the family circumstances of their regular witch, and I, I like I said, I don't rec- I don't recommend it, but I do like it. Okay, that sounds interesting. Yeah, looks <laughs> different. <laughs> and uh, so so now we'll get to our topic topic of anime. Okay. So I don't know how old our listeners are, but. I'm sure that they range in different uh, generations. Yeah. So, but our in our generation, uh, we were born in the '80s, mm-hmm. so uh, anime wasn't very uh, easily available as easily as available as it is today with streaming. Not, and, not at all. And uh, like production companies actually investing in it. Mm-hmm. So what we had to do was one way was renting anime. Mm-hmm. And this was back when the VHS was the thing. Back v- in the 90s. Yeah, back in the 90s. VHS late 90s. Where we had your blockbusters or whatever local video rental store you had. And, so, uh, go ahead. So, so you had to get what you can get. You yeah. couldn't request anything. No, uh uh-uh. So you just, you just got whatever they had available. Yeah, you were forced to, you know, explore different anime, even if it was necessarily something you cared about. Yeah. You you were forced to. I mean, it was all you you, you got what you had. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and it was usually in like the special interest section. Remember yeah. that? Oh yeah. So they had a section by, called by the porn. Yeah. So they had a special. <laughs> they had that entry. They had a section in video rental stores called special interest, and that's where you could find your anime. And uh, when we were kids, um, our anime experience was like Studio uh, Ghibli stuff. Yeah. And uh, before we knew what anime was, yeah, my neighbor Tortoro, my neighbor Tortoro, Samurai Pizza Cats, uh, uh, Speed Racer, stuff yeah. like that, like yeah. some stuff that came on TV, and uh, especially stuff like the like you just mentioned, my neighbor Tortoro, and stuff like that. So when the when we started renting them from the video stores, we found out that you know they actually had them in Japanese. Oh yeah, yeah. Our first, yeah, our, fir- our first subtitle uh, title was the Slayers. Yeah, and and that, that and and the Slayers like swore, like they had curse yeah, words they, in them, and we're like, what? Because we're, we're dumb cu- little kids. We're like cartoons. Yeah, we didn't know c- cartoons cuss. <laughs> we were dumb little uh, good little Christian boys, so we didn't know cartoons cuss. And we were and we rented the Slayers, and it was hilarious. And and they and they swore, and it wasn't even bad swearing. It was just like you know. D's and H's. It, yeah, it, it wasn't it's, crazy, yeah. but but we but we were surprised and like um, I don't know if a lot of other people had that experience. I don't know if they automatically knew that anime was more uh, adult oriented compared to uh, the cartoons we had in the United States, but uh, that that was an eye opener. Yeah, and like that, the Slayers and Dirty Pair Flash. That was one of our first. That was a like a first subtitles for us. Um, but I don't, I don't know what else. Yeah, but they but like the the rental stores would have what they had, and I remember renting the Tekken movie. Oh, the, the first one, the anime that Tekken movie, and I hated it. We're not talking about the one that came out on Netflix recently. We're talking no. about the original one that was based off the first Tekken game. Yes, the one where Kazuya was the main character. It was awful. Yeah, I don't think you can find it anywhere anymore. Oh, you I can, highly doubt you. It. You can find it on YouTube. Just, just, a, just look at it. Yes. So it's it, trash. So just look over on YouTube and you'll see. You probably won't be able to finish it because it's just so bad. Yeah. But uh, the things, the things that came out in the '90s and early 2000s, uh, it was kind of it was it was. It wasn't as big as today. Like like now, they they Heck pretty much no. release like pretty much everything now. Yeah. So I mean, that's because the anime industry has Hollywood behind it. Yeah. Back then, Hollywood didn't care about anime. Mm-hmm. It was so independent. It was, it was independent. It was independent. It was it's crazy. It's like like uh, there was like you know Pi- Pioneer was a production company. ADV. Of, yeah, ADV. Uh, and other stuff. Uh, I forget who did the Dragon Ball Z. I think it was Pioneer. Pi- oh yeah, Pioneer did Funimation. Dragon Ball Z before Funimation got big. Yeah. Before before it was on Cartoon Network. Yeah. That's how far back we go. We were watching Dragon Ball Z before it was on Cartoon Network when you had the like 
either you had it in your region playing on TV like at five in the morning, yeah, on Fox, or you didn't, yeah. And then it came out on Cartoon Network like around 1999, and mm-hmm. everybody was like, "Oh, Dragon Ball Z, this is amazing." We're like, "Yeah, we've been watching this for years." Yeah, I think I think the, I think the first thing that we saw of Dragon Ball Z was Dragon Ball, like uh, the yeah, cursed, the original Dragon Ball, the, the Curse of the Blood Rubies movie. movie yeah. I, I don't know if we rented it first or yeah, we bought it. it. Okay. And yeah, we watched, we rented it. We watched it like a bajillion times. Yes, yes, I loved that when I was a kid. That was before I knew Dragon Ball Z existed. Yes, I didn't yes. know it was big. I thought it was something that nobody knew about anywhere. And then I come to find out, it's like one of the biggest shows on planet Earth that just yeah. didn't reach America yet. Yeah, because <laughs> I got—I thought it was just—I thought it was just Dragon Ball. Dragon Ball, Goku as a kid, and and like uh, going a little bit beyond the the renting of anime, it was like actually purchasing it was Ooh, even man. harder. Dang, because it was it was like you know how you go to like, like if you're a card collector and you have to go to different shops to find the card that you want, like the card, like if it's mm-hmm. like a baseball card or a Pokemon card or something like that. You had to go to different shops because each shop had different cards available. So it's like with with the anime, they don't like they 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 only had like two or three episodes on each VHS. On each VHS and each VHS cost twenty if you were lucky twenty to forty dollars. Yes, some of them cost fifty, and all you were getting were two or three episodes on each tape. Yeah, it, it ain't that wasn't like today. And it was either dubbed or subbed or yeah. just dubbed, dubbed or subbed or du- just yeah. You can <laughs> so, switch between yeah, anything. You couldn't, you couldn't switch between or anything like you get in DVDs. But anyway, it was like you go. You, I don't know if you guys remember Suncoast. Uh, it was a it was like a store predominantly in malls. It was like a video store. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's where we, that's where you get where we got anime, and Best Buy sold anime. So those two stores, when I was a kid, those were the two stores that I frequently visited. Uh, to look for anime because they would have like they probably have volume one or tape one or they had tape two or they just have like mm-hmm. tape 10 like they, yeah yeah you, you you don't know what you're gonna you don't get. know what you're gonna get you don't know what they have in stock so yeah you have to watch the series out of order so so whenever like we went on vacation like with our parents when when, when they took us on vacations we'd go to a, to a mall and look for a tape that they don't sell in our state you know, nope. <laughs> and now that was like what we used our allowance money on. It was like to buy a tape out of state that we couldn't get in our own state. Because even like if you could imagine, the internet wasn't even big and no. sale and selling at that time. Nope. So you couldn't just go to an internet store and just be like, okay, I'll get that. Yeah. You, you, it was impossible. You couldn't do it. So they're like I mean, stores just, didn't have the internet just, service. Just to put it into context, you can get a whole se- season of Dragon Ball Z. For like thirty dollars a day on Blu-ray, the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Back then, you were getting one tape for thirty to thirty-five dollars of Dragon Ball Z, the edited version, and you were only getting what three episodes on a tape. Yes, for thirty-five bucks. Yes. So, yeah, yeah. The times were different back then. It yeah, was, it was rough for anime fans, but uh, especially kids. Yeah, but after, but after a while, and and that's why the anime pool was so small. And during the '90s and early 2000s, because they had to bring the good stuff over. Yeah. Because, because nowadays you get garbage anime. Uh, oh yeah, they'll anywhere, shoot anything over. And you get it like the day of too that it comes out in America, then Japan. Yeah. Not so, not back then. We had fan subs. Remember those? Yeah. Had <laughs> fan subs and uh, VHS fan subs were not like the ones from like the 2000s where you could just download them. No. You had to find a website, first of all, with someone who, like with, with Sailor Moon, for example. I had to search and find a website that sold the seasons of Sailor Moon that weren't available here in America back in the 90s. These guys would subtitle the Sailor Moon anime and distribute the tapes to people who would order the order it from them. And they'd ship from Canada. So you had to pay for the shipping, which was... Well over a hundred dollars for all those doggone tapes that a season of Sailor Moon was recorded on. Yeah, it's wild. It was wild back then. Wild, <laughs> wild west of anime in the West. It was crazy, and like I like I was saying, like it had to bring the popular good stuff over because you don't want to spend like thirty dollars on something or forty dollars on a tape and That's two trash. episodes and two episodes are trash and you're not going to buy any more. Mm-hmm. So they they only got the good stuff over here. But now they just bring anything because it's cheaper to uh, produce now. Yeah, and you gotta pay for it and file sharing and stuff, or even just streaming. Yeah, 
Oh. Yeah, streaming will be another topic that we'll go over because that 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 just changed the game completely. But if any of you guys remember how how hard it was to find uh, anime back in the day, just uh, leave a comment if you can because that that it, it's a good it's a good memory. I, I like I like that mm -hmm. memory. It was a, it was a hunt. Yep. So uh, we're gonna take a little break here, and we'll come back and we'll talk about some Black Streak Entertainment stuff. And before that. I want to remind y'all to visit blackstreakentertainment.com slash join to gain exclusive access to Blackstreak anime, manga, games, and more. We'll be right back. All right, and we are back. And uh, you know, we're going to give you Blackstreak news and updates. For those of you who don't know, Blackstreak Entertainment is a anime content producer. And uh, right now, our biggest project that we're working on is a game for the PC and Nintendo Switch called Alien Up, created and developed by this man right here, Justin Ramey. Hello. So, um, you know, tell, tell them a little about, about Alien Up, man. Uh, Alien Up is a pixel action shooter. For like uh, people who like to play games like Contra or Cuphead, think of those two games when you're thinking about Alien Up. Mm -hmm. That's what inspired Alien Up and games like Forgotten Worlds. If anybody remember that, remembers that game, um, that Capcom game. Um, so it's like you are a space mechanic named Chelsea Crisp, and you have to defend your space colony from a sudden invasion of aliens. So it's going to be, it, it, and it's going to be like a, a comedy game. It's it's inspired by the best genre of anime, which is '90s anime. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that's more of a um, general asylization, uh, just '90s anime. It, like uh, it, I really like '90s anime, and I incorporate incorporate that into my animations and the pixel art that I do. So, if you like, want to try out the game, you want to see how it looks, uh, I'd recommend going to Steam and looking up Alien Up. And you can download the free demo and play it. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I like um, I like the elements of, of strategy that you add in it, um, with the um, assist characters. Yes. And how each assist character has a role in the stage that you're on. Yeah, because the stages are really fast paced. Yeah. You know, they're really fast paced, but each one has a strategy that you need to pin down in order to beat it. And the, the, the assist characters are part of that strategy. Yeah. The way the game is, the mechanics of the game, uh, play, it's, I like to have it limited. See, so it's not like Cuphead where you can run around and jump around, or Contra where you can run around and jump around. You're stationary. The only thing you can do is shoot or dodge. Um, you'll also be able to do more things as the game goes on. But uh, like Terry was saying, there's a strategy with the levels and if you're going to duck or if you're going to jump or if you're going to use your assist characters. And the assist characters are were inspired by games like Marvel, Marvel vs. Capcom 2, if anybody remembers that game, which everybody mm -hmm. should because that was one of the best yeah, crossover should. games ever made. Right. So it, uh, you call in your assist character, they'll put up a shield or they'll put up some kind of uh, beam. Or they'll shoot something out, or they'll supply supply you with something. So uh, um, that that was incorporated into the game. It, it's a very fun mechanic uh, uh, to put into the game, and and it creates a great dynamic for uh, gameplay. And each character, like each support character, is going to have a good personality or a memorable personality, so uh, people can like the characters in the game. Um, there's uh, one character that people might see towards the end of the demo, he's like uh, he's like a red red guy mm -hmm. with a heart on his head. Um, that's that's manager number one. So the uh, the thing about manager number one is he's just a robot. He's not a, he's not a person, but he's a robot, and he's he manages Chelsea and and the people that do the mechanics, like uh, the mechanical work on the colony. And he, he looks creepy. He looks ridiculous. He looks creepy. And they, they have the heart on, on top of his head just to humanize him. Like the, the <laughs> people who made him put the heart, the, the human heart on him 
just to humanize him, but people still don't get it. They still think he's creepy. They still think he he's weird looking. But he was one of like the, you know the first one of the first uh, mechanical people to be made on the colony. So that that that's his history, and he's he's always misunderstood, and uh, and I think that's pretty funny. <laughs> he reminds me of a Red Skull. Yeah, I see him. Yeah, he has a yeah, he has like a Red Skull face, but he's in a, like a, a suit, and he has a he has a helmet. Like he had like a flight helmet on that says manager in kanji on it. <laughs> and he has a human heart on top of on top of that helmet. So it's it it, it, it like I said, it's gonna be a comedy game and if you if you want to uh support it, which I really hope you do, uh we have an Indiegogo campaign that's gonna be going on in early uh twenty twenty four for the development of the game. Because uh, I can't develop the game Myself, I'll have to hire you know an actual game development company to develop it. Yeah, and with that comes money, right? And realistic expectations. So, uh, uh just uh, download the pre-alpha demo. The pre-alpha demo was completely made by was completely made by me. So there's gonna be problems with it, but uh, I know about the problems, and it's just a pre-alpha demo for concept. So the art's gonna remain the same, but you know. Uh, everything else is going to be up to the development team and me actually directing the development team to to keep the game as fun as possible without without wasting anybody's time. Because I'm I'm a gamer and I hate it when there's AAA games out there that's just all about graphics and no fun. Mm-hmm. Or there's or there's games out there even if they're like no the graphics aren't great, you can still have a lot of fun with these games. Mm-hmm. And there's some there's there's a combination of games where the graphics aren't good and the gameplay's terrible. So yeah. <laughs> so I I, yeah. I want to have a balance of mostly fun over you know graphics. Even though I'm trying to make the game look as unique as possible with uh, the pixel art, um, and and I'm not just phone in the pixel art. I'm putting some love into this pixel art. Yeah, I love the pixel art and. Um... What I really like about the game is um, another element I like about it is it's a sci-fi game with black and brown characters. Yeah, like how many how many games can you say that has that? None. How much, <laughs> how much sci-fi stuff can you say has black lead characters? Period. Yeah, like you just don't you just don't see that in the genre. No, you know, I mean black people we love sci-fi. Yeah, so. It's just really cool to see a game with the main character who's a black. Uh, it's cool to see a sci-fi game, some of the sci-fi genre, with the main character who's a black girl. Yeah, and um, you know the supporting characters are black as well, and they have their own individual personalities. Yes. So that that's what I love about it. Personalities that don't just just uh, revolve around a stereotype of of what black people are in media. No. It's it it's just. They just happen to be black. That that's how that's how I write them as. They just happen to be black, and they I put the personality in to to entertain people, not just to fit some kind of uh to check a box or to uh fit a stereotype. Right, right. So that's that's what's really dope about Alien Up. It's a lot of fun. Y'all will enjoy it, and there's no way you're gonna breeze right through the the demo because it it's a challenging, it's a challenging game, but it's a lot of fun figuring out. For me. It's a lot. Judging can breeze through it because he's the developer, but for me, yeah. it's a lot of fun figuring out how the heck I'm supposed to beat certain stages. Because each stage has a strategy, and you have to you have to use the weapons that are given to you, and the the, uh, the uh, assist characters that are given to you in a certain way in order to beat it. So that that's the fun part for me. And then, you know, it's fast paced action. So, like Justin was saying, there's an Indiegogo campaign. That we have launching in March of 2024. Uh, you can sign up at blackstreakanime.com slash perk. And uh, you will be able to save 50% off of launch day perks when you sign up and register at uh, blackstreakanime.com slash perk. So make sure you do that. We we got some some dope perks, man. We got everything from t-shirts and and hoodies to having your your art, your fan art 
featured in the game in the game gallery. Yeah. Um, and like if you play the demo, you'll you, you'll see where your art could go because like you know every before you start the level every level there's a there's a different piece of art before that level like as a loading screen. Oh, the loading screen. Oh, is that how you're doing it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. So your art actually goes on the loading screen. All right. That's dope. And it'll also be in the gallery. It's like if you just want to see it, and you don't have to you don't have to go to the level to see it. Okay. So, uh, so yeah, if you if you're interested in that kind of thing, that that that'll be up, that'll uh, be up your alley. And also, um, I love getting feedback on the game, like how like how it could be better or what you're what you're getting like stuck on. Because when I see people play the play the demo, I I see what they're what they're stuck on and how it's not like how I'm not communicating what you're supposed to be doing, and it really helps me develop a better game for people. Because like Terry said. I could bring you through the game because I developed it. It, t- it takes many, many days, many, many hours to, to to develop a video game, and you're doing the same thing over and over again. You're just getting used to it, and you know how the sausage is made. So you know you know <laughs> what's coming up next, and 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 what what's supposed to happen. So if you get someone going in, going in blind, you can figure out okay, that's a little too hard, or that's not that's not read right, or they they don't know what to do here. So I would like to have feedback. From as many people as possible, so I can make a game that's very fun to play. All right, sounds good. So yeah, make sure y'all uh, sign up uh, at blackstreakanime.com/perk. You'll get uh, updates on the Alien Up uh, Indiegogo campaign. We'll notify you the day before and the day of the launch, and you can sign up and register. To get fifty percent off of your perk on launch day. All right, and with that, I, I think we're gonna take a break, right? Yep. All right, we'll be right back. And the party continues on the Black Streak Entertainment podcast. Um, so we're gonna switch gears here and talk about our our subject for the episode. Um, Disney recently came out, the CEO, Bob Iger came out and he, he made like a really strange, uh, promise that more so sounded like a confession (laughs) for lack of effort. Uh, he said, Disney promises to make better films. And it's like, you know, I mean, shouldn't that have been a goal to begin with to make good movies? Like. What what that says to me is they he got he and his company got a little bit too comfortable. Yeah, and they just didn't give a you know what anymore and decided to put out whatever. Yep. Um but what he says is he's gonna put out they're gonna have an emphasis on telling better stories rather than messaging. And by that he he from what I was reading, he said that um they want to tell engaging stories but all with with positive messages in it that educate people and push cultures forward but be entertaining as well like they did with, he used black panther as an example yeah perfect example because it's i mean they were both phenomenal films and they have strong messaging behind them about you know colonization and um and you know the differences between uh african americans and, and and africans and the the damage that colonization did and slavery did to black people and also in the newest one to you know uh south south american people like um who's the villain uh amor uh namor namor yeah namor yeah so you know in that regard, I agree with them. They need to come out with more movies that have strong messaging, but also a really a good story that's entertaining. Yeah. But that should have been your goal to begin with. Yeah, I don't know what happened with them. I think I think what happened with them is that they just started to uh, spread their self way too thin. Yeah, that's, were, that's what he said as well. They're buying everything up. They're buying everything, and they're and they're trying to do everything all at once. And and then they come out with a streaming service where they're trying to put everything on that, mm-hmm. and then also come out with stuff on theaters. It's like people can only write so much. 
Yeah. And people can only focus on so much. Uh, it, 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 like for me, I'm not a multitasker. If I try to do two things at once, they're both going to suffer. Yeah. I have to focus on one thing and work on that. So and and Disney's working on all these things at once, and and they're just getting diluted. Yeah. And they're and they want too much. And they think that the that the Disney name is so strong that people will be sick of like uh, sycophantic to it, and just just get whatever to get whatever slop get whatever slop they they give them. Right. And you know when he when he talks about having an emphasis on storytelling and not just on messaging. I, it's insulting to me when studios just want to put a certain, you know, okay, from the black perspective, it's insulting to me when studios just want to make a generalized story that has no cultural relevance to black people and then just put a black person in it thinking, okay, if we put, if we put a, a black person in this, people are going to go watch it, even though it doesn't come from an authentic place. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Black Panther came from an authentic place. Ryan Coogler and his folks wrote it. He directed it. They had basically had full control over it, so it felt authentically black. You know what I mean? It wasn't just a story written by white folks that they threw a black person into. And that, that that's, I think that's one thing that, he's speaking on that they need to do better at you know yeah like because they they'll just they'll throw stuff in a movie just for the sake of throwing it in there to attract people like for example with um the last star wars movie that was in theaters which, which one? Oh, okay was that the start the the last yeah episode no, eight no. i forget what it was called it's not important because yeah. those those movies were a joke yeah the the last two were a joke. The Force Awakens was great. Yeah, yeah, good start. The Force that, Awakens, that movie, the Force Awakens was a good joke, was and the last movie. two just just went off the rails. Yeah, the, the the last one that tried to fix the one before it, Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, they just randomly had like at the end, very end of the movie, they ran when they defeated the Emperor. <laughs> they randomly had just two women kissing in the back that were yeah. part of the resistance. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, yeah, what, just, what relevance does that have to the story? Yeah, it's just, just throwing it's just, it in there to check a box. Yeah, just checking boxes. That that's for me. You know, again, a black person. If they were just to just just to throw a black person into the movie just in a role, and it wasn't authentically black, and it made no sense whatsoever, you, you just want to get black people to come see it. Yeah, that, I, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they, 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 like a lot. Not, not even Disney. Like a lot of the, the entertainment industry does it all the time. Are checking boxes just to do something, and it's like you're not, you're not pleasing anyone at this point. You're, no. tr you're trying to please everybody just by throwing stuff in there, and it's just not. If it's not part of the story, then it's not going to please anybody. No. Like I don't have a problem with homosexuality stuff if it has something to do with the story. Right. Or, or if they, uh, it, it doesn't seem like they're checking a box because I see a lot of times. Where they're just putting a person that's not white in there, and they make them gay, and that's the like the only and 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 they're checking two boxes at once. They're yeah. like, we need to have more more diversity in there. Okay, we'll put a black person in there. They'll be also be gay. Okay, we're good. It's like that that you're just throwing it in there. Can, it's not can, part of the can story. Can you have a personality, please? Yeah, it's like can uh, you have an actual background, some character development? <laughs> yeah, it's like this 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 is this isn't Disney, but. I, I like to go to uh, Umbrella Academy. They had they had a gay character in it, and uh, it it was part. It was just part of the story, like the one that went to war and all that. Remember? Talking that, about Klaus. Yeah, Klaus. The, the dude that could see ghosts. Yeah. Yeah. He. It, it, it was, oh yeah, I remember that. The first season. It, it was part of the story. So I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's great. Uh, I had no problem with that. But when they just added just to, to check a box, then I get mad. But did but Disney has this problem. Whenever it comes to like a black character being the main character, they always have to compromise it with something else. Like for instance, the princess and the frog. Oh, okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, it's like, oh, cool, we got we got our first black uh, quote unquote Disney princess. She was kind of a princess. New Orleans. Yeah, New African Orleans. African American princess. And like ten percent of the movie, she's she's human. Yeah. And then ninety percent, she's it. a frog. She's it's a like, frog. okay, yeah. cool. And then uh, they come out with. Uh, what what was it? Um, the Jamie Foxx one. 
What was the Jamie Foxx one? Uh, Soul. Yeah, Soul. It's like okay, now he's he's, he's a little character. It's like uh, I like Soul, but it's like uh, you know, he's a little. He's a little can, character. Can he cool. be a black man for like at least ninety percent of the, at least fifty percent of the movie? Can yeah. he be a black dude? Can yeah. he be human? It's ridiculous. It's it's like, it's like um. And the the oh yeah the Little Mermaid the 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 live action Little Mermaid, uh it's like they have that but they couldn't have a black prince and they had yeah, to they had to go weird. through all these hoops all just through to, all those hoops to like, explain why he's white yeah it's like, it's like it's like the, the, the queen is black too but you know the prince had to be white and they had to go through all these hoops to to explain it. it's like why couldn't just make him black and just why we take have the hoops out black two black people in love and and back to and back to why Disney hasn't been doing good lately it's just like why would you continue to ride the horse of creating live action remakes of things that were already made yeah and there and and it's like it's just so diluted at that point because the the original you know animations were based off of something else that was already yeah. based off of fairy tales yeah, that already it's existed not even an original story it's not even an original story with. so they're just diluting something that, that was already diluted and the reason why the animation was so popular is because it was animation. Animation, the animation looked great. Yeah. And uh, especially during the Renaissance phase, when when the Little Mermaid came out, oh, yeah. that, take that like was a seven eight years on those movies. Yeah, that was the start of the Renaissance when Disney became really popular because yeah. it was popular, but then it died out. Yeah. Disney always have have a rise and a fall. It died out when you know the sixties seventies when. Uh, in the, the early '80s, early mid '80s. Yeah, and I mean, know, can anybody name a Disney movie from the mid '80s? Th- th- there's, there's the Black Cauldron that failed. Who terribly. knows what that is? <laughs> yeah, no one knows what that. that I know what it is. That but failed else. terribly. It had really good animation, but the story wasn't there. The story was bad. Um, but um, yeah, Disney always has a rise and fall. And this is, and we're in the fall stage of Disney. Yeah, because they had their Renaissance but again. And, yeah, they had. They, they, they fell. In the two thousands, yeah, yeah, they did. Treasure Planet, Treasure Planet. Did Actually, well. it started. I would say it started with Tarzan. Probably when they released Tarzan. That's that's when it started. Cause what was the movie before that? Mulan. Mulan was great. Yeah, yeah. Mulan. Uh, then before that was Hercules. Hercules is freaking dope. Uh, before that was The Hunchback of Notre Dame. I didn't like that one. I probably I probably I haven't seen that in a long time, but I probably like it as an adult. Maybe. And then before that, you had Pocahontas, which okay, that one that didn't age well. Oh, um, <laughs> before that, you had the Lion King. Lion King was a really set it off for Disney. And then I think once the Lion King came out, that was such a phenomenon they just got comfortable. Because again, it takes seven years for them to make these movies. Yeah. So the Lion King, they you have to think they started producing that in 1987. That came out in in 94 so by time the lion king came out what you got 94 95 96 97 98 99 2000 2001 yeah the next movie that came out after that in 2001 was treasure planet and that movie was terrible yeah and that they started developing that right after the lion king so that tells you everything that you need to know about disney when they're on a high they feel like okay we can just come out with garbage and the people will come watch it yeah it's just history repeating itself again yeah that that, that could be what that's one of the factors of it and, and I, they they didn't come out with another good movie until when the probably, princess and the frog yeah princess and that and was frog. right after they started developing that movie right after treasure planet yeah because that came out what in oh in oh nine which means it was seven eight years after treasure planet so that's what they do yeah they uh, come out with garbage they fail they, they come out with good stuff and then they have a phenomenon, and then they get comfortable, come out with garbage, because think people are going to go watch it. And then when that fails, they try to come out with something good. Yeah. So watch. And, in the, in and, the next six, seven years, they're going to come out with another phenomenal movie that they actually put effort into. Yeah. And sometimes they, and sometimes they strike gold, because like you said, it takes a long time for to all this stuff to develop. Like, I don't know when Lilo Stitch was made, but it was probably oh, between... Two. Yeah, it was in between the time where... They, oh, yeah, they, Lilo they were, Stitch was great. They were, they were falling, but, it, but they still come out with something really good yeah and uh i don't know if pixar was part of disney at that point but no. you know toy, toy story 3 was really good and then yeah and, they disney disney picked up pixar in 07 yeah that was bob Iger. he's the one that bought disney off of um apple owned it 
That was their oh, okay. company. They 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 created Pixar. And and then that that's what that's the, the Disney thing. They buy things up and then just dilute everything. So so uh, so like uh, they come out with Toy Story three, and then they come out with the bright idea to make Toy Story four. And no one cared about it because it wasn't good and it wasn't terrible. necessary. They shouldn't have did it. Then they then they came up with another great idea and come out with Lightyear. Speaking of uh, you know having a um, yeah, that was another complaint about Lightyear. Where they had the gay character, yeah, but for no reason, no development and at all. It's like, oh, cool, there's a black woman. I bet she's gonna be gay, and I was like, yep, she is. It's like that's of course, and it just wasn't a good movie. Yeah, it was, it was a good movie. Period. It didn't make I any didn't sense. Like it. it was boring. No, that, no, not, not the movie didn't make any sense, but it was just like it didn't make any sense to make that canonical with the Toy Story uh, world. It's like does it? They just retcon everything, yeah. but it, no one wanted that, and it, it they, there was coming out stuff that no one wants, and. It's it's this thing of like you know they have to they have to kind of develop things with the growth of social media because now all these adults that remember the good nostalgia of when they're growing up with Disney are the ones that are complaining on the internet about this stuff and yeah. and it's and it's causing them to uh, keep failing because they're because everybody's listening to these adults saying oh this movie stinks oh, blah 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 blah. And it's, it's like to be for the kids. Yes, anyway. and, and these movies are for the kids. It's children's movies. And and they're 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 getting blasted by adults that, that spend the money. So I uh but they just need to they, like I said, rise and fall. This is the fall. They're gonna have to rise back up again. They will. Uh they've got the money. Yeah, they got the money. <laughs> they they need to calm down with buying everything because, you know, all these independent companies are coming out with cool stuff. Um uh Netflix has has cool stuff sometimes coming out like you know animation so they just need to up their game go back to drawing board slow down and come out with more quality stuff yeah disney will be all right yeah they'll they'll be all right but they because like because like they always do they always come back up after a fall mm-hmm. it's like you know you, you go down then you realize something is really good once you once you see something really good because they, they went down so low yeah pick yourself back up and have some continuity with the doggone whatever phase we're in with Marvel. I lost count. I yeah. don't know what phase they're in right now, but there's been no continuity. I have no idea what this next story is about. Yeah. The last story, it was clear it was about the Infinity Stones. I got it. It makes yeah. sense. Yes. Thanos, the Infinity Stones, that whole saga. I saw it from the start. Yeah, the, the stones <laughs> the stones connected the story. There's no connection. There's no connection this. here. I don't know what the heck's going on. There's, I guess there's Kang some... is supposed to have... Some kind of, I wouldn't know that if I didn't know that Kang was had a movie coming yeah. out. That there was a that there was an Avengers movie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I so guess please have some damn continuity with I, these Marvel I, movies. I guess we could talk more Again. about that in the next episode. Of just just Marvel in general, the Marvel Disney MCU stuff. Yes. All right. So yeah, I, I think we we did it. You know. Yeah. So um, make sure that y'all visit. Blackstreakentertainment.com slash join to gain exclusive access to Black Streak anime, manga, games, and more. And uh, make sure you, again, go to blackstreakanime.com slash perk to sign up for updates on our Alien Up campaign. Yes. And remember, Boku no Kami ni Sawaranai de Kuresai. Well. <laughs> oh. And goodbye. Peace.